Welcome to the Anxiety Slayer series. Our mission is to assist you with creating more peace and tranquility in your life through anxiety release exercises and supportive tools created to slay your anxiety. Welcome to Anxiety Slayer. I'm Shan Vanderleek here with my friend and Slayer sister, Ananga Severe. We come together weekly on Skype to share Anxiety Slayer sessions with you and answer listener questions from our inbox and Facebook page. And together, Ananga and I are armed with a powerful collection of techniques to reduce anxiety. We love to mix up a potent blend of storytelling, coaching, guided relaxations, EFT tapping, yoga, breathing exercises, along with our many, many years of personal experience. And this week, we're going to talk about a statistic that really blew my mind this week. According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, up to 40 million Americans are coping with anxiety, stress, and depression. And I knew that there were a lot of us. I knew that the biggest reason why Ananga and I came together was to, to support people all around the world, not just Americans, but that number just kind of knocked me out. And when I posted that information on our Facebook page, so many of you were blown away as well. But what came back around is that you're not alone, that this is a really big deal. And the reason why Ananga and I come together is to help you cope and support yourself the best you possibly can if you're struggling with anxiety and stress and depression, you are not alone. Welcome, Ananga. Can you believe that number? You probably have a number in the UK that you're aware of that, that I'm not, but that one just really, really took my breath away. Yeah, it's really shocking. Recently, I was reading that most of us can expect to suffer with one or all three at some time in our life, because to varying degrees, they're very much a part of life. Certainly in a, a modern day society where we really are expected to just keep on pushing whatever's going on for us. I think that's a big part of this epidemic that many of us are suffering from. I agree. It has so much to do with compassionate self-care and understanding how important it is to carve out time and space for ourselves so that we are giving ourselves the nutrition we need, the sleep we need, the healthy choices that we need to function at the highest level we possibly can. Definitely. It's something that often we feel we don't have time for. I don't have time for that. I have to do this. I have to do that. So we have that firefighting mentality where our adrenaline's running high and we, we have to go. We have to do. We have to work. We have to pick up the kids. We have to tend to so many things. And I, I think for me, in my own uh, recovery from anxiety, a big lesson was learning to create time for self-care and stillness early in the morning, first thing in the morning. Mm. Then, you know, whatever your day starts to bring at seven, eight, nine o'clock, you've already had that pocket of time to, to reflect. I like to meditate or read something inspiring during that time. And that's what mostly what happens on my mornings. But when it doesn't, I miss it. And when it does... I know that I've got that greater buffer for whatever the day brings. That is such an important reminder. And I can speak to that as well from the, the comparison and contrast of my prior professional life. 
eight years ago, I was pushing the snooze button three or four times every morning because I didn't want to get out of bed. And then by the time I got out of bed, I was in a hurry rushing about and um, really causing all kinds of havoc inside my body. At the time, I wasn't really aware of that. I just knew I was irritated, running late with somewhere to be that I didn't necessarily want to go. And now I wake up and it's about this beautiful inhalation and exhalation and paying attention to the sounds outside, the birds, the sunrise, and taking all of that in, whether it's through meditation or reading or just being. It's made such a difference. And you're so right. Even on the days that I have more going on than not, if I have made time for that half an hour or hour in the morning, it's, it makes all the difference. It really does. It makes a huge difference. And of course, it can feel like, in a sense, a sacrifice because sometimes even cleaning our teeth and taking a shower in the morning feels like another thing to do when we're completely anxious and overwhelmed. But we need to be clean. We need our teeth to be healthy. And, right. it's, you know, and we need our minds to be healthy. And I think having experienced long-term physical illness and mental challenges as well, for me, I can cope with the body if my mind's okay. Mm-hmm. If my mind's suffering, if I feel low, if I feel anxious, that's the greatest suffering. That really does put a big, heavy cloud over everything. So it was a choice I made years ago to start trying to prioritize my mental health my mental self-care as much as I did physically actually possibly more than physically because I live a lot in my head and I think this is also something that we you know we're beginning to realize when you and I were talking about people who are introvert and we realize that's us mm-hmm. and being introvert doesn't mean that you can't speak on a podcast it doesn't mean that you can't run workshops it doesn't mean that you can't do so many things it doesn't necessarily mean you're shy and socially withdrawn it just means that you have a hard time coping with outside stuff, with noise, with bustle, with stuff going on around you all the time, and you need a lot of quiet time. And in, that forms a lot of our society. A lot of people are introvert, as we discussed before when we read The Quiet Book and reviewed that together on a previous podcast. A lot of us are introvert living in an extrovert-focused society. So there's a big mismatch there. There's a big trying to be who you're not thing happening there's no question i was absolutely convinced that i was an extrovert because i had been trained that way through school and through coming up through my career and and i guess that there are times when if i'm really honest i would be more omnivert but as i grow older the introversion side is much more prevalent and I need lots of space before and after events, before and after social functions, and lots of spaciousness, even throughout my workday. And when I allow for that, I can be so much more productive. I'm much happier, much more available, much more balanced. Do you feel the same way? Absolutely. I get overwhelmed and irritable if I'm on all the time and I'm available all the time. I really do need to be able to switch my phone off switch myself off and it's such a simple thing to maintain just by having that that quiet time of course the other side of it is you can blow on yourself your own mind can just really start kicking you and giving you a hard time because the mind needs 
peace, it needs space, mm. it needs to rest. And when we're busy all day and we're on all day and we're available all day and we don't have that quiet time, then the mind will try and process in our dreams. So then we have disturbed sleeps because we're working stuff out while we're asleep because right. we didn't allow space to do it while we're awake. Right. Well, you know, oh my goodness, such a great conversation. And, you know, I just think it's important to bring it back around to everyone listening. You are not alone. You are so not alone. When you are suffering, you can manage this and we want to help you manage this. And a big part of managing stress and anxiety is creating space for quiet time, is putting yourself at the front of the line and allowing for the compassionate self-care that you deserve. And very soon, we're going to be sharing a special audio release for all of you that will go more in depth and explore suffering and, and how you can get your fragile mind in a better place. Ananga, would you like to speak a little bit more about that? In response to some questions we've received in our inbox and a question that we asked on our Facebook page of if there was one thing, one question you could ask about coping with your mind, what would it be? And we received a lot of responses about coping with negative emotions and I just can't get my mind to shut up. I can't get it to stop. So we wanted to respond to that with some more in-depth techniques and tools and information. So we've created this new collection, which I hope will be very supportive for anyone who really wants to get under the hood of their mind and really understand more how it works and, and why it spins out of control sometimes. So we have some teachings there from Ayurveda. We've talked a lot about Ayurveda, which is India's system of healthcare in the past. We've talked about the body and the doshas, the body types, and how diet and lifestyle changes can help us overcome anxiety and help us calm anxiety. But in this special audio package, we're looking more deeply at what Ayurveda has to say about the mind and Ayurveda's teachings on what to do when you have negative thoughts. And it's very different to how we're conditioned in the West to deal with them. It's not complex, it's quite simple although it takes some, some getting used to and some practice. But Ayurveda gives very specific instructions on how to cope with negative emotions so that they, they come to the surface and we process them and they fade away. And also we have some guidance for how to safely create space for your mind. The mind, as we've just discussed, needs space to heal. It needs quiet time. We all need to rest our bodies and we also need to rest our mind. But it's very difficult when we're in pain and we tend to run to Facebook or our mobile phone or so many other diversions and we use the saying, I just want to get out of my head. But when we're out of our head all the time, the mind is constantly fatigued. It doesn't get a chance to rest. And it can be very scary to try and stop and rest it when it then wants to fill the space with negative thoughts and horrible feelings of anxiety. So we'll be talking here about how to safely create space to allow your mind a safe way to rest and heal where it's not going to cause you more pain and you don't feel like as soon as you stop, all your unwelcome thoughts are just crowding in on you. Mm. Such an honor to work with you and create these offerings and just to be as supportive as we possibly can. It feels so good to be doing this work. I'm very happy and honored to be able to 
to share. I know sometimes we look at how we've suffered in our lives and the silver lining in the cloud is that you really do understand mm. what others are going through and you learn to empathize because nobody knows anxiety like somebody that's had anxiety and anxiety has literally had me running out the house, running out of my bed in the past, you know, almost like my legs are trying to escape the rest of me because I'm mm. so scared. So I'm grateful that I've uh, been able to learn tools and techniques to help me cope with that. And I'm very honored to be able to try and share them with anyone who needs help. And just to echo what you said, Shan, that you're not alone. And there's no shame in suffering with your mind. There's no shame in suffering from anxiety. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you as a person. You're so much more than this, so much more than anxiety, so much more than depression. And what we're really trying to do with Anxiety Slayer is to take the lesson from Stephen Covey, who teaches how to prioritize our lives. That was, for me, one of the foundational points of coming together to do this work. And that is that we have things that concern us and things that worry us and things that we can change. So he talks about the circle of concern, the things that worry us, and the circle of influence, the things where we can exert some influence and we do have some power. To change and when we're suffering from stress and anxiety what tends to happen is that our circle of concern crowds in on us and it makes us small and those arrows of, of pain are pointing in on us and when we turn that around gradually and learn to operate from what we can change then we can push those negatives out and we're focusing on what we can do and that's very much the message and mood of anxiety slayer is no matter how bad you feel we really understand and we mm. just want to offer you some hope that there's always something you can do. Instead of feeling squashed by the things we can't change, it's always less painful and more helpful to start focusing on the things we can change and the things we can do, no matter how small they might be. Once we start thinking in that way, then they start to expand and grow and push those bad feelings out and you have room to breathe. Beautifully said. Thank you so much, Anaga. How to Calm Your Fragile Mind is now available at the Anxiety Slayer store and includes supportive audios and bonuses to help you manage negative thoughts and emotions. You can find How to Calm Your Fragile Mind at anxietyslayer.com.